you for listening to the Tail Chase Podcast. This is Nick Mazzara. Graham Scarborough. And we are sitting here outside my sister's apartment in Kansas City. We just got done flying Asp, my passage red tail, today. Which, for uh, you uninitiated out there, passage means a bird that was hatched in the spring of the year that it was trapped. Or it... Basically, a bird that was caught before its first molt or first birthday. Yep, less than a year old. Right. So this bird was hatched sometime May, Mm -hmm. and then I caught it. I have to look at my records. I don't remember exactly when I caught it. November, maybe? It's like late October, early November. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I could probably tell you, but it's not not worth looking at. But, yeah. She's doing really good. We've caught around 10 head of game so far this year. And after, oh, I don't know, probably an hour and a half of multiple attempts at rabbits today, we finally had her connect on one, which is, is a pretty cool flight. Mm-hmm. She w- was up in a tree, and we spooked the rabbit um, towards her. Right out of out of the open field and into the wooded area with not much understory, mm-hmm. and she went to grab it. And as she kind of closed the distance, she pulled up and didn't actually commit to chasing it. The rabbit jumped about two foot in the air, mm-hmm. hit the ground running. She wheeled around and then came and grabbed the rabbit from behind. Mm-hmm. And I could see in the snow, her, the the like her where her wingtips drug in the snow for <laughs> a good little while before they both came to a stop, and she was able to to get a good hold on it. And mm-hmm. whenever I got up to her, she had a hold of it by one foot on the head and one foot right up below the base of the neck, so it wasn't going anywhere. Right. Which she's she's pretty good about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good it was bird. a good flight. She. Yeah, she uh, did a little bit of ranging out where she was kind of flying further away from us than I would like to see, but yeah, it's kind of par for the course whenever you have a bird that likes high perches and and that has not had all that much experience and where we hawk the most of the time, where we hunt the most of the time is... um, not exactly a game rich environment so we go a fair bit of time each hunt without a flush Mm -hmm. and she doesn't you know so she's not always expecting that that's where the game is going to be she's not afraid to range out a little bit and and look out ahead of me or off to the side of where i'm at right but but that's all things considered i mean i i really i don't think there's anything to complain about i mean she just She's uh, she's hunting. She's with you. She's not going anywhere. If she ranges out a little bit, I mean, just flush something, and she's on her way back. So yeah, she's, she's a bird that, that I'm really glad that I have telemetry as an option <laughs> to fly with. Yeah, which, it does put your mind at ease mm-hmm. quite a bit. Which telemetry is a system that we use in falconry to find the bird Mm -hmm. it's a radio transmitter that that gives you a 
a sound every so often, every few seconds, mm-hmm. and you it's a directional signal, and you have a, a handheld receiver that you, know, you point it in one direction, and the sound will be quieter. You point it in the direction that the transmitter is in that's attached to the bird, and it'll be louder, so you know your bird is that way. Right. And that makes it really handy when you have a bird that likes to range out, because... When Sometimes, yeah. I mean, your head is so far into a brush pile, uh-huh. and and even though a lot of people fly with bells, especially with red tails, they'll put bells uh, on their equipment so you can hear them when they move. But if you uh, if you got a bird that's stationary in a tree, and you stick your head in a brush pile, and pull your head back out and look around, and you don't see them, you start to panic real fast. Mm-hmm. But having telemetry on the bird helps you put your mind at ease um, because you can just pull out your receiver hear the beep and know roughly how far away they are and what direction they are right and then you can usually with a red tail you're going to be able to see them yeah and the the really nice thing about it is like if your bird is ranging out you know, and she at any given time could be two or three hundred yards from me if she sees something or there's a tree that she wants to go and sit in that looks better than what she's sitting in now. She could, she can really cover ground a lot faster than I can. Right. And so she could be away. And if she sees something and and catches something that far out, well, man, the chances of finding her are pretty slim to none. Because I did, you know, if I didn't see where she went or didn't see that she went down on something. Mm-hmm. man without telemetry you'd be really really hurting to find that bird but yeah luckily i have that as an option for me and um this is actually the first red tail i've ever flown with it and boy am i glad that uh, that's what i'm doing because it's enabled me to kind of let her do her thing and and figure things out and fly with uh a lot less stress mm-hmm. than than i would otherwise have yeah for sure for sure. But uh, the real topic that we want to cover today is Selena. Yeah, this might take a few uh, episodes to get through completely. Um, so Selena was my uh, prairie falcon that I had for about three and a half seasons. So she was uh, in my care for... About three and a half years. Um, I uh, trapped her on November 5th uh, on a road trip with uh, Nick. He, um, His wife was eight months pregnant, and I had just come back from a job. I was working in um, Virginia, out on the coast, and... Uh, I was going through kind of a stressful breakup at the time, and I just needed needed to get away for a bit. So we jumped in his tiny little Ford Focus, packed it full of camping gear and trapping gear, and headed for western Kansas. And um, we drove all the way out to Dodge City, which is down in the southwest corner, and we did not see a single prairie falcon the whole way out there. Yeah. So we were which, not, I we, mean, we run into prairies in Missouri from time to time. Yeah. And this was a little earlier in the year than we typically started seeing prairies in Missouri. Right. But 
we were heading west, which is closer towards where the, their numbers should be better. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of feeling it by the time that we got out there. Yeah. We get out there, and I remember we pulled into where we were going to camp uh-huh. that night. And it was blowing 30 mile an hour winds, and this was out in the middle of nowhere. Well, and that was not, it wasn't blowing at first. Like, we got set up. We didn't get the tent out or anything. We were considering. Are, are you sure? Yes. I thought first, that it didn't. Remember, we went to the one campsite. Okay. And we're like, this is not going to work because we can't even start a fire to cook our dinner. Okay. Yeah, I do and remember then that. We, yeah. we found another campsite, which. I don't even kind remember. Of wooded. Yeah, which yeah. I don't even remember how we found it because we didn't have cell service to even like look up where another campsite uh, was. Yeah. But we found this campsite where it was out of the way a little bit, got our tent set up, got a fire started barely because it was mm-hmm. windy. Yeah. And got dinner cooked and passed out. Yep. And I remember and waking up, up a to, couple hours later to Graham nudging my arm, going, "Hey, are you hearing this?" Like what? And I kind of came to and realized that it was storming its butt off around us. Yeah. We're just in a tent. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were pretty much suspended above the ground in the tent (laughs) (laughs) and it was just rattling back and forth on the guidelines. Yeah. This is like a, it was Ozark trail force winds, Ozark trail type tent with the two poles that cross. So it's not designed for high winds or anything and so the walls were kind of folding over on us a little bit in the gusts and i'm kind of sitting there because it's i mean lightning all around us yeah and (laughs) i'm debating okay do we get up and make a mad dash for the car that we can't recline the seats in because it's absolutely packed full Mm -hmm. and try and sleep or do we just lay here and pray that we don't get struck by lightning which is we went with option two. Yeah. So I, I fell back asleep and woke up a couple more times, but actually slept okay. And then we got up the next day and went to start our trapping route yep. around Dodge City, and <laughs> which Graham had mapped out. He had spent a bunch of time looking at Google Maps, mapping a route that followed the H poles which are uh pull, telephone poles that you know are obviously in the shape of an h yeah which, big ones big tall ones mm-hmm, which then, prairie falcons really like to sit on and it also get, went around the feedlots around dodge city right. which is another area that prairie falcons concentrate around because of all the small birds yep the very first turnoff <laughs> off of the highway to Didn't start the exist. trapping route was a closed road. It was no longer a, a public road. It was a private road yeah. that somebody had gated off. <laughs> the yep. very first turn. So <laughs> that yeah. didn't work out. So we start driving around. And I can remember we're going, We're like like Graham said, we're in my wife's focus, mm-hmm. which we're actually in right now. And the roads were questionable. Decent. Yeah, if like, you had four-wheel drive, probably wouldn't have been too much worry or or even in a truck that had decent tires yeah and it wasn't we didn't get stuck or anything but we no. came close a couple times right. so i'm having to kind of focus on the road and out there the roads are kind of sandy sandy yeah it's it's like mud kind of but kind of not yeah and the roads go in big sections whenever you're out on those backcountry where it's one or two miles before you hit a turn 
Yep. And as we're driving down one of these roads that I'm having to really pay attention to keep it between the ditches, we look out and there's a prairie falcon flying probably 300 yards off of the road. Yep. And Graham lost it. <laughs> Graham gets very worked up around prairie falcons. They are his kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. Yeah. Loves them to a fault. And we didn't have a pigeon ready. No. Which Graham was very upset at me about, which I... I was not upset at... <laughs> You definitely blamed me for that one. And I said, I, Graham, by the time we realized what it was, it was already 150 yards behind us. Yeah. And out way out in the middle of this section that we don't have permission to go on. Yeah. And, and just booking it, flying along. Yeah. So we couldn't, even if we had a pigeon ready, we wouldn't have really been able to do anything. Yeah. And, and if we had a, a pigeon in a harness ready to go, and we saw it earlier than we did, maybe we could have caught its attention. But maybe. it was iffy. Yeah. But anyway, that was the first prairie falcon that we saw. Yep. And because we were feeling the pressure, we only had a couple days to, to get this done, and we hadn't seen anything. It was like, man, that may have been our only opportunity. Crap. Yep. So we keep driving and not seeing anything, not seeing anything. And then after a couple hours, we're driving along, and we're on blacktop at this point, and we look over... And sitting up against, on the wire, right close to the telephone pole, is a raptor. Yep. So we pull over, and sure enough, it's a prairie falcon. Yep. And it's a passage prairie. Yep. And I think it was even a female. Yeah. And you can tell them what happened after that. This is the second one? This is the second bird, yeah. Okay, not Selena, right? Not Selena, Okay, right. so... Uh... <laughs> So it was windy, and I had an assortment of, of different traps um, out, or not out, but in the back of our packed car, and uh, I had what's called a dogaza net, which is basically two bamboo poles with a net stretched between them, and it's a real fine net. And when you stick that in the ground, especially with a tan or a brown one, you stick that in the ground and you step back a little bit, and that net just vanishes. You can't see it. It's that fine. Now, I'd like to add in here real quick. Me and Graham are both licensed falconers. Yeah. Been doing this a while. We're fully licensed. You had your permit for Kansas to trap. Yes. I'm just along for the ride. Right. So don't get any wild ideas if you're not a falconer about going out and trapping anything. It's a federal fence. You'll get yeah. in, in big trouble. Don't play with migratory birds without permission. Right. So, yeah. So I, I had a non-resident uh, license and everything. And uh, so I stick this net in the ground, and then what I did is I um, staked a pigeon behind the net so that when that falcon came in and um, and went for the pigeon, it would hit the net first and get tangled up in the net, and then it'd be caught. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but it didn't hit the net. Now, part of that, the wind was blowing, so the net was flapping, so maybe it saw the net or or whatever, but point is, didn't get caught in the net. So then um, we uh, get out what's called a pigeon harness, 
and a pigeon harness is a leather jacket that fits over the pigeon, and um, you attach, uh, you know, kind of embedded in the leather, this uh, these fishing line nooses, and then you have a drag, a weight uh, on a line attached to that pigeon, and then you chuck that sucker out the car window. <laughs> Um, and so these are on, you know, way back roads. We hadn't seen a car for, I don't know, maybe an hour or so. Weeks. <laughs> weeks. <laughs> um, we'd only been there for a day, but we hadn't seen a car in weeks. I mean, it's western Kansas, so. <laughs> There's nobody there. No one cares. And uh, so we, we chucked this pigeon uh, out the window. So, well, the the prairie comes down. To yeah. get the pigeon that we had set up in the for the Dogaza, yeah, then pull freaks out and pulls back up uh-huh. onto the pivot that was further down, right? And there was a red tail around, so we weren't sure exactly how this was going to work. Yeah, but sure enough, we throw the pigeon harness the harnessed pigeon right. out, and the prairie comes over. Yep. And that prairie, the pigeon was kind of behind a rise, and the pigeon or the prairie went behind the rise, and then we couldn't see him anymore. So we we're like, okay, she's she's probably on the pigeon, hopefully getting caught. And we're sitting there, and generally you want to wait a little bit for their feet to get tangled up in the nooses, and then um, you can uh, you know run up and and they're caught and you you got them, but. So we haven't seen a car in hours. Lo and behold, and this is how it always happens, you don't see anybody all day, and then you finally have your opportunity to catch whatever raptor you're after. Here comes a car, or here comes some kind of disturbance. And so we're looking down the road, and here comes the Department of Transportation or whatever mower big old tractor is just petering down the road uh mowing you know that um the uh oh i I mean i call it no man's land but the easement the easement along the road and so you know that's gonna scare the falcon away um but it's going really slow so we're like okay well as long as we get there before the mower gets there we're fine well we wait till the last minute, and before the mower gets there, we drive down there, and the falcon is gone. Pigeon's been um, killed and eaten a bit. Um, no falcon. Falcon's gone. So we're like, dang it. So we jump back in the car and start driving some more. And by that point, it's getting to the middle of the day. It's windy. We're kind of depressed kind of cranky and um we're driving along and we are on this back road and we look over on this h-pole and there's a little silhouette on the Mm h-pole just about the right size for a prairie falcon and we look well what so we're driving along and kind of crisscrossing the h-poles as they go through the sections right and i can remember from way down where it crisscrossed, you know, we'd, we'd stop, and if we didn't see anything close by, mm-hmm. we'd look down as many as we could see and yeah. see if we saw anything. Mm-hmm. And from the section of before, mm-hmm. I looked down and it was like, 
I, I think I see something, but it's so far away, I can't even tell if it's anything at all. Okay. And then we come back around and come up that way, and sure enough, it's a prairie sitting right there. Yep. So we, I, I lose it again. <laughs> and so I'm scrambling around, and I'm grabbing the, you know, um, the net Nick is pulled over and we're fairly close to the Falcon on the, on the pole. So we're trying not to spook it. And I'm crawling around on the ground, getting the net set up, hiding behind the car. And I get the pigeon out and get everything set up and we drive away. No, no, no. What? No, we go to drive away what? and a truck pulls up right next to us. And, or is was that, it that late? No, that was later. Okay. That was later. So okay. we drive away and the falcon does nothing. Just sits there. <laughs> <laughs> and sits there. And sits there. And we keep driving back by and we're like, come on, like, you know, maybe the pigeon will move when because the pigeon could definitely see that falcon sitting there mm-hmm. and was like, I am not moving a muscle. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> gonna lay here like a rock. These are wild barn pigeons. And right. so they've been chased by stuff before. Right. So they know darn good and well what a prairie falcon looks or, like or and a, is capable least, of or at least a raptor yeah so i you know we keep driving back by and we're looking and it just is sitting there and we leave for a bit come back and there is a truck parked by my net and my pigeon which i mean imagine if you're just like re- <laughs> A regular person, and you're driving down a back road, and you look on the shoulder, and there's like two bamboo poles, a net, and like a pigeon, and the pigeon's just like standing there, and you have or, no no or, context, no idea what's going on, or even flopping around and not being able to do anything. Right. I mean, it's kind of like uh, Jurassic Park when they put the goat out <laughs> for the T-Rex. I mean, it, it's clear that something's fishy going on, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but I'm sure they have no idea just exactly what we're up to. Mm-hmm. So it was this lady and she turned out to be really nice. I pulled up and I put on my best polite, calm face and I'm just like, Hey, this is my pigeon and I am a licensed falconer. I have a non-resident license. There's a falcon on that pole and I'm trying to catch it and it would really help me out if you would just move along and she was like super chill super nice she's like oh okay great good and luck I yeah think she told us good luck like i actually live just down the road here so uh-huh. if you guys need anything let me know really like, yeah, i didn't was, remember that yeah, but yeah yeah she went too... down to the house down the section pulled okay in. well yeah and you know i'm talking to her and meanwhile looking over her car at the falcon mm-hmm. making sure that it's not leaving and so she she's nice she leaves and we follow her and we turn around. Well, you're forgetting something. At one what? point in time, we threw a harness pigeon under her too. There were two pigeons out. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I remember don't know where when that, that happened. But yeah. yeah, I do remember that. So we were desperate. We wanted this dang prairie falcon. So, but we follow her. We get turned around, and about the time we get turned around, I see the bird leave the pole. Mm-mm. What? I did. Whatever. You, I, same thing. <laughs> I'm Because I'm sitting there looking in the binoculars, and we're at, I don't know, probably three quarters of a mile away. I don't know about that far, but half a long mile, ways. Half long a mile. ways. She's okay. a dot. Yeah. And I say, there's a bird flying left to right. Okay. 
and I'm I'm looking at her through the binoculars. Yeah. And I see a bird stoop from left to right, which is from the poles on the left, our trap is on the right. Yeah. Stoops once, so like comes down and takes like a, a pass at it, pulls up, whips around, back the direction of the pole, and then turns around towards the pigeon and comes in and whacks the pigeon and hits the net. Right. And uh, it is caught. Like I can see clearly right. that bird and is, I can is see going. It go, with I, my naked eyes, I saw the dot go down and disappear mm-hmm. and not come back right. up. Right. Exactly. So and so, I slam the car in gear, and we're heading up there quickly. Uh, Graham's punching the roof of the car, yelling. It just like I, I mean, like little young me. Well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but like I was having a really rough time at that time. Went through a, like a rough breakup, and had been away from home for extended periods of time for the first time. I mean. Yeah, and I was just really unhappy, and it finally, it was just like a release. It was like, finally, a break. Yeah. Like, I caught a break, and and I'd been wanting a prairie falcon forever. Ever since I saw the first one I ever saw, I wanted one. And, yeah, I was punching the roof. I'm surprised <laughs> the airbag didn't deploy. I was, like, <laughs> slapping the dashboard, slapping the glass, screaming, Speaking in tongues. <laughs> frothing at the mouth. Frothing at the mouth. <laughs> blood vessels in my eyes were going. You were excited. Um, and, I was very excited. And that was, it was pretty cool to see. I just remember looking over at you and laughing. Yeah. And we pull up. And, and there is the meanest looking animal on the face of the earth staring yeah. back at you. Yeah. I there, remember. Like, I'll never forget that look ever it's like burning my mind we pull Mm. up and you know she's on our right and i'm looking out my passenger window and i had the consciousness to think to think like take a like take a picture in your mind of this moment and i didn't have to tell myself that because the look that she was giving me (laughs) made me hesitate getting out of the car like she had she was standing there, and it wasn't... Sometimes it's not real apparent that they're still caught in the net because they can kind of... They're standing there, and you're not sure whether the net's over them or not. Mm-hmm. And she had one wing kind of tucked in and the other wing out. And prairie falcons have this really um, wedge-shaped head, kind of like a pit bull. Mm-hmm. And when they're mad, <laughs> every feather on their head is standing on end. And they've got this big wedge-shaped head, and uh, from a distance, their eyes look black. They, and I mean, they look black like as night. Orbs of like that are impossibly deep. Yeah, and she is just looking at me with this burning hatred. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they're not like capable of. Fully it's, developed human emotions, it's, it's but that's what it looks like. It's that's what it feels like. But it is like it cuts through you. Like, yeah, it made me hesitate getting out of the car for yes. a second, and so I run over there and I'm just kind of in shock of like what, like every. It's like I can't believe it. It all, it all, it happened. It all just happened. It just fell into place, 
And so I scooped her up, and we gathered everything up, and we put a, a hood on her, which, if you don't know what that is, it's this little leather um, hat or kind of mask that fits over their head, and and everything goes dark for them, basically. It's kind of like blinders for a horse. If they can't see, their reaction is to chill out and just be calm. And so I put that hood on her, and she kind of calmed down, and I... I was shaken, and it's good that she was still, you know, caught up in the net because there was no guarantee I could still hold on to her. <laughs> I was shaking so bad, and um, and we slapped the equipment on her, got you know her dresses put on that I had already pre-cut and pre-made to fit her, and we got her out of the net, and um, I got her in my lap. And luckily, we had we had um, that morning we had decided to pack up the car before we left the campground, because our gear was wet. And we were like, okay, we could leave it here and it'll be dry when we leave, but that means we have to come back, or we just bank on the fact that we're going to catch a prairie falcon today, and we pack it all up and we head home. And and we didn't run to run the risk of somebody snagging our tent and stuff while we right. were gone, and then not having somewhere to sleep. Right. So, we had everything packed up, and we were already on the home side of Dodge City, and we just headed home. And, um... It's a harrowing trip home. Yeah, but it was stressful. When, um, when you have a bird that's freshly trapped, sometimes they'll sit there calmly. Other times, it can be a little iffy, mm-hmm. and it, it was a little iffy with her from yeah, time to time. She it, did good most of the way. But a couple times we had to stop and get her calm back down. and Yeah, and prairie falcons are notoriously uh, wild when you catch them, and she was certainly no exception. And thus started but, the journey with Selena. Yep. That is, that is the trapping story. And the name, uh, which I gave her that, that night, is... Um, so prairie falcons, their scientific name is Falco Mexicanus. And at that time, um, the song Same Old Love, which is kind of a breakup song, was super popular and on the radio. And that's by Selena Gomez. And I like the song. I like Selena Gomez, Falco Mexicanus, named my prairie falcon Selena. And we went on to have a few more seasons uh, hawking together. I've got some pretty cool stories to share. Um, she was definitely unique. And uh, and that's something that you can look forward to in future Tail Chase podcasts. Check us out at our website, tail-chase.com. Email any questions to the guys at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any questions or if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast or if you have any suggestions of guests you'd like to see on the podcast. Thanks for listening and happy hawking.